I believe with every fibre of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit. I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively. Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate. It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy. Hello and welcome to Brexit The Final Countdown. We almost certainly do not have eight days until Brexit. Uh, who has a sense of deja vu? Uh, I'm do think we've been here before. We may we? have been here before. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm Rebecca Hudson and joining our forensic panel this week is our head of news and express.co.uk columnist Paul Baldwin. Hello. Uh, hello. Hi. And our Europe editor Joe Barnes, who is truly in the epicentre of all the action. Hello. Hello. Your third media appearance of the day. You're the celeb. It's been very busy out here since... Uh, the talent is in the room. You're the Mariah Carey of broadcasting. <laughs> very in demand. Uh, chaps, I thought it was only appropriate to insert a quote from Machiavelli. To oh, do you know what? I've got Machiavelli on my list. Have you? <laughs> uh, the more sand has escaped from the hourglass of our life, the clearer we should see through it. Just say that again. The more sand has escaped from the hourglass of our life, the clearer we should see through it. So really, it means uh, the closer you get to the crunch point, the more clarity. The clarity yeah, but I would suggest much. you got it wrong. Well, maybe maybe you didn't see Brexit coming, being the exception that proved the rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, something for us to all muse over. Indeed. Uh, let's yeah. begin. Plenty of high drama in Westminster, and I am not talking about the anticlimactic Super Saturday that got us all into work in various <laughs> sort of level <laughs> stages of kind of casual dress on Saturday for nothing Indeed. to happen. Yeah. I felt entirely robbed. Um, it's all about extensions, flex extensions, elections. Uh, October has never seemed scarier, has it? Uh, indeed, Halloween coming up, and isn't it spooky? Isn't it spooky? Uh, so just for the benefit of the tape, last night we saw MPs back the Prime Minister Boris Johnson's deal in principle with 329 votes to 299 but we saw them reject his fast-track timetable, which would have seen the deal ratified by Tuesday. Indeed. Right? Yeah. So unless something very spooky happens this Halloween, we are not going to leave on October 31st. Uh, that seems okay. to be the case. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. So it's all lies in the EU as they decide just how long an extension they'd like to offer us. Uh, so we could be talking three months as per the Ben Act, which would take us to the 31st of January, or are we talking a few days, or are we talking something mega? Who knows? Uh, Joe, it's really over to you. Because for, as always, well, as it tends to always be with these podcasts, the power lies in, not with us, in Brussels. In Brussels. Yeah, what yeah. do you reckon? Very, mu- very much so. Um, the power definitely lies in Brussels now. Um, Donald Tusk has come out and accepted the extension and basically told everyone that he is looking and recommending the 31st of January 2020, which is under the terms of the Ben Act. But I think most importantly, as you mentioned, it's going to be a flex extension. So essentially, once both sides have ratified the deal, if that comes before that date, Article 50 will fall away and both sides will part company. Okay, but this all depends on the e- Europe, EU 27 agreeing on agreeing on when to give us an extension because there are some warring factions, are there not, between, say, Macron and Varricker versus maybe, like I don't know, Merkel, about how long they want to give us. I feel like their patience might be wearing a little thin. Um, absolutely. Patience is running thing because people in Brussels just want to get on with actually day-to-day life, speaking about budgets and MEPs and the European project on a wider scale. Um, so you're right, Macron, um, so it sounds out of France, comes uh, suggesting that he just wants a couple of days, a really short technical extension to basically allow just for the ratification. Because, you know, yesterday night, Jeremy Corbyn said, look, let's get together. 
let's speak about the timetable. And for once, we've actually got MPs have backed a deal for the first time ever. So it's not actually that far away from being ratified. I'm right in thinking that Hofstadt tweeted, uh, who's basically having a go at Nigel Farage, but he let slip that three weeks might be the deadline that they're looking at. Yeah, let, let, let's definitely ignore the Hofstadt. Um, he is so far out of the process now. Okay. Um, that's just, that's <laughs> just, just him trying to read. <laughs> he was that's, just leaning over the bar at the time. And <laughs> <laughs> what? That's just him trying to rekindle his kind of love affair with Nigel Farage. It, that, that's all about that's all about politics in the European Parliament. But remember, Article 50 and extending Article 50 is all about EU leaders. And unfortunately, Mr. Hofstadt is no longer the Belgian Prime Minister, um, so no longer has any weight in this process. So there was three weeks as an arbitrary. I'm going to start a Twitter war with Nigel Farage moment. again. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah, right. e- exactly. That's exactly all that was. Okay. Um, God, Twitter has no, got a lot so to the, answer the, for, hasn't it? <laughs> Bloody Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So give, give us your guess on the time frame then. Yeah. Your, your educated, informed guess, obviously. So it depends on what happens in the Commons. Yeah. So Theresa May um, previously told EU leaders that it would take three months to ratify it through the Commons. But then Boris Johnson said it would take as few as six days during kind of his kind of tete-a-tetes with um, EU leaders. So if we meet in the middle and we say a few weeks, so maybe that if MPs can come to some sort of agreement with timetabling, the EU could offer this extension until the 31st of January. Okay. But we could realistically be out in the middle of November. Explain that in very simple terms <laughs> for me. <laughs> So if we extend it to the 31st of uh, January, which seems a reasonable date, it's been sort of knocking around for the last few days. But why? how can we come out in the middle of November then? So, because all we do is have to, we have to ratify it okay. in the UK Parliament, okay. which, which will take a matter of days. Um, in Boris says six days. But then the European Parliament isn't due to sit again until the 14th of November, unless they call an emergency session. So in theory, we could have the UK Parliament vote, then the European Parliament, who will only vote after it is fully ratified in the UK, will then vote on it on potentially the 14th of November, and then we could leave on the 15th, or we could leave on the 1st of December. Oh my God, put it in your diaries. Yeah. Um, but is there not, are we not in the in danger, well not in danger, is there not still chances that various MPs could attach amendments to the, the WAB? To that's make it wabulous. surely the thing that's going to remain. Yeah. I think any... conditions like second yeah. referendums. Yeah, yeah. I know last night he was throwing around guarantees on the environment and workers' rights. But is then is for it to pass through the process of legislation, it's it's vulnerable to having various things stuck to it. Am I right in that, chaps? Uh, sorry, yeah, that's absolutely yeah. my understanding, that they, the Remainers... Uh, They've still I mean, got one one last. We've, we've still got a last. We, they have a one last hurrah was, was, uh, yeah, to maybe absolutely. slow this mother down. And, and they could be as childish and as uh, vexatious as, as they as they have been all along. And they, mm. but this is the yeah their, their last chance to really um, screw Boris's Brexit basically. Yeah. And I I don't doubt there will be a number of um, MPs there who will just do it because they can. Well, well, maybe because they just maybe because they're just not convinced that Boris is withdrawal agreement is any better than Theresa May or maybe isn't in the, the public been, interest. But it has been, you know, passed first time around. I mean, that was, that was momentous. Were you, were you surprised really? it passed last night? I, I thought, every, I think everyone kind of was. But Joe, what did you think? What did you think? Um, I think we, on this side of the channel, were waiting the kind of bated breath and we've been looking at all the analysis that everyone's been doing, kind of all the think tanks, 
all of like the commentators, and it kind of did point towards it being very, very close. But I don't think anyone truly thought, especially with the let win amendment uh, kind of gaining ascent, that the timetable would ever be agreed to. Because what the Letwin Amendment basically said was, we want to do it properly. We we want the legislation process to go. It's a hundred pages. I mean, you would like to think that we would give our elected representatives time to you know get their head around it, read the fine print, I, make I, some I notes in the margin, just how we both do with our scripts for this podcast. You know, <laughs> we're thoroughly prepared. We, 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 we have three dare. days to review. At least, um, do you, um, my my take on it was that um, nothing last night, and you could almost see it on Boris's face. Surprised Boris. I think he has engineered that three-day thing knowing that it would get uh, thrown out. And it all plays into the uh, Boris as Brexit superhero narrative for my money. And it all plays into all he's really thinking about at the moment is a general election. Right. Okay. Well, that take that pivots nicely actually to the second part of this podcast. This is incredible. You've never been this generous ever. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, oh, well, normally, is my middle name. Well, normally we've had a couple of arguments by now. But um, oh, okay. Yeah. There's, no. So this is it. So no, we're on the same page. We're hurdling. Makes for so, a boring podcast. Yeah, yeah doesn't. <laughs> Anyway, it's the conflict people like. My hackles are up. Uh, we're hurtling towards. So you think that was always the plan? We're hurtling towards a general election, um, and th- th- this has all been kind of like the, this is yeah, the game it, it theory. Feels like I, I don't think for a second that um, there wasn't a whiteboard somewhere in number ten last week with the exact numbers that came out last night on it, and I think the the plan was to make Boris look like um, you know. And to be fair, give the give the bloke credit. It, they um, everyone said that the. The deal couldn't be done. Uh, you did it. The, uh, the EU would never relook at the the deal. Yeah. All this happened, and also that uh, that it would never get passed through Parliament, and it was last night. These are momentous things that yeah. uh, he does deserve credit for. But I, I don't believe for a second that he he gave them three days to look at this massively intricate, a massively important document, mm. and he gave them three days on purpose to reject it, so he can then say, "Well, I've done." everything I can possibly do, and more. Yeah. And it makes him look like a, a Brexit superior, Brexit martyr, whatever, and it massively boosts his electoral chances. Okay. Do you think, so the fact that it was like, I'd rather die in a ditch than after ask for an extension, which unfortunately he has had to do, and <laughs> reports just in, he's not dead in a ditch as of today. Does I, Do you think that kind of, does, does that matter? Does no, that kind I don't. Of, does he, that he, he doesn't look the... like a man who's broken his word on blah, blah, blah. He looks like a bloke who's tried his best for the country. Yeah, that's and, all he is, isn't he? He's know. just a decent bloke trying <laughs> well, to do the right I'm, thing for his country. I'm saying what, what, the, what the, uh, the narrative is or what the, you know, the kind of mood music is. And I think what that will play into um, the, the electorate mm. really, really well. Yeah, Especially okay. when you compare, you know, the alternatives. I mean, what alternatives? Well, um, precisely. Yeah, yeah. so I, I guess you'd have seen uh, Delta Poll and YouGov both have done some polling on the outcome of a forthcoming general election, and it puts the Conservatives between 13 and 15 points ahead of Labour. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? It's absolutely incredible, because you, the, the opposition... And it's, it's very dangerous for me, this, because, um, I mean, as journalists, we like... As, as Democrats, we need a robust and healthy opposition. Mm. Uh, to take on you yeah. know, the, the party in power, and we haven't got that. And those of us old enough to remember the Michael Foote era have been here before. Just remind us of that era. It was a long, long time ago. <laughs> Sepia-toned. Sepia <laughs> so everything was in black and white. Everything was in black and white. Uh, but basically, the, uh, the hard left took over the Labour Party mm. for a long time, and for 10 years, they were more than 10 years, they were just unelectable. Completely yeah. unelectable, and 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 it made uh, it gave Thatcher 
uh, a completely open book to do whatever she wanted. Yeah. And she did. So, I guess know. the only opportunity, the only chance Labour have to kind of not be completely slaughtered in this forthcoming election, which would be when, kind of early December. Well, it could be before Christmas, it could be after Christmas, but one Can't thing wait. is certain, it is coming. I mean, it's like, yeah, the Labour Party, the Turkish voting for Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very, very, they're very, nut, ro- they're very yeah, yeah. nut roast kind <laughs> of people, yeah. aren't they, yeah. at the moment. Um, I guess the only chance that they would have of it not being a complete kind of massacre is if this is an election that's fought on other issues besides Brexit. So the 2017 election we thought was going to be about Breckers and it kind of wasn't. It was about like social care and other stuff and they and they did better than we all thought. And but so do you think maybe that there's I a think chance there's, there's only one game in town. Yeah, you you have been saying that for, for a little well, while. Well, I, I, I don't disagree. But there is I mean you look at the Labour's social care policy well be fantastically expensive. It's actually not that yeah, bad. Yeah, but Brexit is, but is, no one cares. is quite expensive no one as cares. well. No one cares, no one cares. <laughs> it, we have to do this thing because as a nation, we're just, we're just like stuck in, in, in you know, molasses. We can't move mm. until we know where we're going, until we, they, you know. Um, this is a, a personal note. I'm, I need, I've just moved and I need to buy a house. Right? Now, I am, not, <laughs> I am not lunatic enough to commit any money until I know what's going on with Brexit. Um, what, you take it out of the banks and keeping it under the bed? <laughs> no, what, what do you mean? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not going to buy a house till I know what happens with Brexit, right? And that's just a tiny microcosm of uh, of what is happening across the country, I suspect. People are just hedging their bets and not doing anything. Uh, not investing, not committing money, not making decisions until that big, massive decision has been taken. Yeah. And we know one way or the other where the hell we're going. Uncertainty prevails, yeah, doesn't absolutely. it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so Boris is one assumes that sort of Boris Cummings' election plan is going to be get Brexit done. That's the kind of slogan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the only way can he get it done by himself, or does he need to do? Does he need to form this terrifying Brexit alliance that Nigel Farage keeps banging on about? Like, can he do it alone? And Joe, it'd be great to hear what you th- yeah. think. I know you're probably lining up your next BBC radio <laughs> appearance, but if you could, have you got a book signing? Are, right are you sort of sign- Are you resting your voice? <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need, I need, I need, I need my holiday for that. For, um, no, let's let's um, let's just look at Nigel Farage's tweet yesterday, which is what I was actually trying to get up as soon as you mentioned. Um, but I don't think chances of that electoral pact are very kind of substantial at the moment. So after the uh, kind of Donald Tusk accepted the extension, Nigel Farage tweeted, "Do or die is over. We have now moved on to dying in a ditch." We will not be leaving the EU on October 31st. Does that sound like a man who wants to kind of commit to working with Boris Johnson now? That's that's like all-out war. I also think, Joe, that uh, another thing that Boris uh, nailed last night was I think he effectively nullified and neutered uh, the Brexit party threat because... Um, this time last week, the, the Brexit party felt like some marauding beast, or you know, an untamed beast, and, and Boris didn't know which way they were going to go, or how, how you know how big a threat they were. I, I think after the, fa- the the fact that he's come up with a deal that has been accepted, it now looks like it makes the Brexit party look just like we want no deal, we want no deal, and no sane person really wants no deal. It was a it was yeah. a worst case option. It wasn't a first case option. I do think on a couple option. of podcasts ago you were quite keen on no deal, I, but I, I, I won't I'm not bring your sanity it, I, no, into this. What I said it was not unworkable. <laughs> I, I didn't like the idea that it was a cliff edge. It was a catastrophe. It was a you know, but it wouldn't be your first choice. Only a madman would have it as their first choice, mm. Nigel. Um, really, <laughs> oh you know, gosh, I'm, not, I'm already I'm, picturing the angry emails we're going to get. <laughs> I'm not saying oh, no. it's not it's not. <laughs> 
potentially workable, but it would not be your first choice. If you can get a deal, of course you go mm. with a deal. Mm. And Boris has secured a deal, thereby nullifying, for my money, the, the real threat from the Brexit party. I think the electorate will look at it that way as well. It's a gamble for Farage then, so he might finally be, because this is his last bid for a bit of power, isn't it? It absolutely is, yeah. Eek. You'll have to give him a column or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but there's an interesting point here about the Brexit party and about the effect that the deal has. Yeah. So there's kind of splits of emerge. We, we've had kind of Michael Heaver on, we've had Martin Daubley on. They're all still pushing this clean break Brexit in quotation marks. But then you see people like Lance Foreman, another Brexit party MEP for London, who's, who, who Boris Johnson actually opened his, uh, his salmon smokery at one point when he was London mayor. I didn't He's know actually that. Saying, actually, no, the, the deal's quite... The deal's it's quite okay good. not to know that. Okay. <laughs> it's, um, and he, basically, he came out and supported the deal and you had other kind of Brexit party MEPs who were also being positive about the deal because it actually delivers Brexit. So what's, what's now more important to the Brexit party? Is it to carry on electioneering or is it actually, look, Boris Johnson has delivered Brexit. We just need to wait, find our time and basically allow Parliament to get it through. I, I agree and entirely. They've, they've lost mm-hmm. their kind of USP, their, their kind of, the, yeah. you know, there is no, there's no need for them anymore. That's, that's you know, and at stroke, that happened last night, I was saying. It, it felt like, um, it felt like, you know, a, a flop last night, but it wasn't. It was absolutely momentous. The first bit of the two, the first vote was momentous. You know, a deal is there this is now. A, this is what's so interesting, is that actually, like, it was all quite big, sexy stuff, but it was quite boring. As, I, I was on the edge of my seat. I, know, I was here. Are, you, you are <laughs> so not the sample. Like, I, it's just... No, I, I've been bored by Brexit, like, yeah, everyone I, else I've been, you know... Mind-numbingly bored yeah, I, by but, it, but last night I thought it was pretty exciting stuff actually, because I like, didn't oh, really know what was going to go. The timetable. I'm just, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I just was expecting a bit more. It was like a well, few don't, people don't, take to it, Twitter and the the, the timetable thing. The second vote took the wind out of the sails of the first bit, and, and it became the yeah, that's, talking yeah. point, right? But but a deal is there, and it's been agreed. First reading by Parliament. We never ever ever thought we'd get here. And we are, mm. and and that is momentous because of all the things that we've, we've already mentioned that it that it kind of nullifies throughout, and and it it makes the remain right. The remainers now have no argument. That's then an, an, another massive thing. They are now, well, Boris can now pick them off at will because Parliament has voted for a deal to uh, to leave. Okay, that's now kind of enshrined in you know it'll be a Hansard, um, and the remainers will now increasingly look like belligerent children. Just trying to spoil things for everyone, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 that's what they will be, in fact. But it feels like, it, but at the same, t- I, I hear what you're saying. But at the same time, it feels like the Remain movement is kind of at its at its peak at the moment, like that huge march on Saturday. Uh, that won't happen either. That can't happen now. There won't Why? be a second what referendum. Have you, what have you done? Well, well because, because there's a deal. <laughs> And it's been agreed in Parliament. What no, is the need for a second referendum? There's no court. It, well, no, but there could be a. That was so good of you. There could be a second referendum on this deal versus no deal versus remaining. Like it could go back to the. I mean, we've spoken before about the mandate of the referendum slightly expiring. Yeah, I'll use yeah, my yeah, soy milk yeah, okay. analogy again because I know that <laughs> spoke to you before. Um, as in, so maybe it does go back to the people, and that could be an amendment that's attached to the WAB. A wabulous amendment. I've said wabulous <laughs> twice, and I haven't got any. I think wabulous is mar is such a great. 
Uh, it's the only it, thing I was able to put there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we're getting a lot of juice mileage out of that joke. Um, it's not. It's not the end of the of the Remainers Open. I feel like that movement has kind of. I thought Saturday was staggering. I mean, regardless of which number you want to believe, there were a lot. Of, there were a lot of people there for sure. Absolutely. A lot of very sarcastic yeah, yeah. signs. On, there, were, you know, there were some very humorous sarcastic signs. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. They're great at signs. Um, they're not, better at sure signs than the. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the better at signs than politics, it, maybe. Mm. Maybe that's bit, yeah. But but I mean, it was always going to be difficult to get a second referendum. Uh, without an agreement, but now we've got an agreement. So why on earth? But what what happened last night was the will of the people from 2016 was finally, mm. finally in some form enacted. Yeah. And and to think that somebody somewhere is going to try and unpick that it's just it's never going to happen. That bit's over. Sorry, Rainers, but the second referendum is over. Done. Yeah, like games. Yeah. I I I, I, do, I have a slight point on second referendum. I just don't think it's good and healthy for our democracy. But, but Boris Johnson's right about bringing the country back together. Jeremy Corbyn says it. If you look at, say, what's happened when Anna Subri, when she was kind of leading the blocking Brexit campaign, was abused as she was walking out, you saw the scenes of Jacob Rees-Mogg being escorted with his with his younger, younger one of his young sons. Same thing yeah. happened to yeah. Diane Abbott. Yeah. Same yeah. thing happened to Diane Abbott. It was the, everyone. There was. Yeah, no, no, I don't think you're taking sides. You're saying it's it's, it's it was, become violent. The two extremes of either side, the two extremes of either side, yeah. have basically taken it too far now. Yes, absolutely. And you, you have you have the extremists on the Remain side, as you have the extremists on the Brexit side. And if we bring that up, that's only going to create a into a second referendum. That's going to be a really toxic toxic atmosphere, in my opinion, anyway. Yes, definitely. It will. It will not make matters. Um, it will not ease matters in the nation. But also, even if this is the deal and we do depart the EU in the next th- within the next three months, this is only the begin. This is the beginning of the end, or the beginning, or the, the end, end of the, of the beginning. beginning. Is what it is. I mean, I don't know if we want to find another <laughs> Machiavelli quote. <laughs> um, how funny that we both had Machiavelli quotes. I've so seen them, such, yeah. we are soulmates. <laughs> um, uh, this is only the beginning. I mean, we've got we have tra- we've got trade arrangements. We've got so much to unpick with them. Still, the idea that we're all going to kind of come back together on the first of February. Joe will not be out. Of of a job on the 1st of February. No, I know, he's, still, he'll be presenting question time or something. I, I, there's still a lot to be done, yeah. yeah. You know. But so the idea that we're all going to kind of come back and it's all good, you know, the Montague and Capulet uh, that's ha- sort of set up that we have in this country, that was a reference to Shakespeare. It's a very Thanks. literary it's podcast very, today. Very highbrow uh, podcast today. Yeah, I'm really yeah. trying. Um, it's because I went on that, on that Remain march. i drag it down a bit. I'm sure you will. Um, <laughs> the idea that we're all going to come kind of come back together and it's not going to be a plague of both your houses in February 2020, I think feels a little unlikely. And I know you're both massive optimists. Um, yeah, because we're uh, British and we have that sense of optimism. <laughs> oh, we can do this. You can't drop the B word. Okay, well, you've won now because you've invoked, you've okay. invoked patriotism. Um, no, we can, look, I've always thought we can do this because I have faith in, in the, you know, the... In, the people I know, in, you know yeah. the people of, the, of this country, basically. I, know, I don't, yeah, and I, and I don't mean that in some sort of weird flag waving way. I just think we're quite a smart nation. We can, we can do this. Yeah, I mean, there must be alternatives to insulin, mustn't there? We just can't. We just haven't found them yet. But Brexit's the story of cliff edges. We, we're, we're about to kind of avoid one cliff edge, but then another cliff edge. That sounds like the subhead to your book. What's the, yeah. <laughs> What's the other cliff edge? <laughs> so. In December 2020, when the first run oh, I won't of be here the, transition, <laughs> the transition period ends, that's another cliff edge because Michel Barnier said he doesn't think the three years that are available in transition, because we can extend up to 2022, yeah. if need be, are going to be long enough to sort of trade deal out in time. Yeah. So we're going to have the hard Brexiteers, they're going to be pushing to end the transition period. You're going to have the kind of the more 
middle of ground saying, actually, no, more time's fine to be in transition. Let's get the trade deal sorted. And then you're going to be the ones using, like, on the Remain side, using that as the next beating stick. Yeah. It's, it's going to go from one um, cliff edge to another. Famously, they took and seven years to do the trade deal with Canada, right? Yeah. Correct, yeah. And it's so taken us three years and three leaders to get this far in this in this great country. You kind of think, seven years, what are you doing? No, <laughs> pull your finger out a bit. <laughs> Not everyone has your can-do attitude, actually. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, sorry, sorry, I was just, just it does annoy me that it's seven years to do anything. Yeah, but it's an, it, but this is a problem with international, isn't it? So it gets it gets agreed on international level, and then it has to get sold back into a parliament. It was a point yeah. made really well yeah, on Brexit yeah, cards yeah. that okay. Macron can just turn international treaties into law, whereas obviously we have this dual system in this yeah, country. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's you know it's hard. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, it's a dual versus mono yeah. politics, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but when when you think the trade deal. We're not going to be able to just do what we want with the EU to sort of trade deal out. because so that's going to have to be ratified by our parliament, by 27 national parliaments, plus all the domestic ones. So, like, do you remember um, with Canada, the Walloon, the Walloons in uh, Belgium? The who? The yes, I do. That, yeah. Say so that word again. <laughs> Why don't I? The Walloons. What's a Walloon? Uh, Joe, so you Walloon, Wallonia. Wallonia is the a French-speaking region in Belgium. Oh, it's a place. And it has its own parliament, and it rejected the Canada trade deal and basically leaders had to go back and scramble something together between the commission and the canadian government to basically save the deal from being collapsed by one regional government so just what do you think the brexit trade deal is uh, going to come uh, out like we, yeah, have a yeah. few, we have a few devolved, do. go- devolved do. governments don't we yeah. in this great nation so uh-oh learn from the walloons at your <laughs> at your peril am i right exactly yep. that's yes that's it. God, this has been eye-opening today, actually. When we don't have a lot to say, there tends to be more to say. (laughs) Do you have any final thoughts, Paul Baldwin? Uh, A lot, because you've got pages of script there that I'm not sure we've ever dented. I know, but it's in big type, though, isn't it? Um, the things that I the things that I noticed there was um, who was he things the, that you've noticed no this this morning Richard Bergen who is the shadow justice secretary made the first sort of indication that the Labour Party will accede to a general election they have got to haven't they they've got it they can't keep running away no deal is Every, kind of is, is yeah. off the ta- is getting it's very off, close uh, off the table yeah, isn't it? so they've, they've got to come um, on Jezza uh, Corbyn every time he says oh yeah we really want an election but no we don't really want an election it, 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 voters must just think what the hell and you know even the, the most hardcore Labour voter must be starting to think who is this lunatic at the helm and it does it, you know they have to get on with it and um, you know Whatever, or get off the pot. Which you know, I don't think I can say it, can I? Yeah, you must um, but but I thought there was uh, there, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. I think we should have a general election. I think we should uh, sort it out one way, you know, once for all that way. Um, I think it'll be a massive landslide for Boris, but at least we can get on with things. And the Labour Party can get rid of Corbyn and maybe get Keir Starmer in and start looking like an electable party again. Um, hey, what you think, Keir Starmer? Oh really? What you think a full reshuffle get that front front bench looking a little more? I can't see. I would agree, but any other way of the Labour Party? What so Thorners? Uh, may, you know, my my guess That's what is, I like to call is, uh, is Starmers, Starmers, but, uh, maybe Thorners. Yeah, who knows? But certainly not Corbis. No, but that means old Seamus <laughs> has got to find a new <laughs> job. Tonight, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> can I make a point from the yeah, yeah, yeah. observation? Yeah. I don't watch the House of Commons as much as I used to. We've been kind of made aware that there's a bit of a split emerging. 
between Jeremy Corbyn and John McDonnell. And I, I noticed at one point last night during the debate that they were sat about five or six people apart. Body language. Yeah. It, it says it reveals everything. Yeah, yeah so it, it kind of looks like it's probably time for a, for a kind of a leadership contest or a, a kind of reshuffle to happen at some stage. It doesn't, it doesn't look like they're just, harmonious. They can't ignore anymore. the figures. I mean, I know um, sort of um, polls don't always get everything right, but... You know, it is inconceivable that a, a party in opposition should be this far behind. Well, also, I think the interesting thing is Corbyn is trailing Boris in the 18 to 24 yeah. age category. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the young socialists who were once chanting yeah. that bloke's name at Glastonbury and wearing his T-shirt and bla- his name emblazoned across yeah. their T-shirts now would rather vote for an old Etonian with a yeah. I, I, checkered I think past. don't underrate Boris. No, I, I think this is shocking. But yeah. I mean... What, for the Labour Party to go through, have a leadership election? Well, they've, they've, they'll probably have to go through an election, then you'll have to stand uh, yeah, there. Yeah, so they're out of power for another, again. I mean... But this uh, one's out of power for more than so 10 years. It's so annoying to yeah. Democrats, because we've seen this before. Yeah. With the, the Degsy Hatton era of, yeah. of the militant tendency. And then they'll come Blair. back with a centrist Blair. I mean, yeah, we have been a, here a, before. Yeah, a Blair kind of wannabe. But, but probably a good thing, because it makes them potentially electable and yeah. sensible again. Bring back David Miliband, I say. I think that's where it all started to go yeah, wrong. Yeah, it did go, start to go wrong. <laughs> it yeah. Totally is, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we think uh, body language is telling us all, is saying, is revealing a lot in the Labour Party. But, uh, Paul is backing Boris uh, in, a, in a big old way. I'm not backing Boris, I'm just I'm just writing, it's on the wall. Like, yeah. you know, no, you're um, in credit where it's due, like you say. Um, he's becoming the sort of, he's painting himself, and Cummings is obviously doing the same thing as a Brexit superhero, and. He's sort of achieving it, mm. you know? Yeah. So this time next week, m- what might have happened? <laughs> uh, uh, that's Joe, over to you. Yeah, Joe, what, next, <laughs> this time next week. Because the ball goes. Eight days left in the Brexit process, haven't we? Yeah. Um, well, the, this next phase. Um, so I think an extension will be agreed until the 31st of January, this, so this flex extension, as you call it. Um, the real question is, is how will EU leaders respond? Will they just happily agree that date, or are we going to have to have an emergency summit? They, cause basically, the basic thinking is that they can do it via, via email if they're just going to agree the 31st. But if anyone doesn't get on board with that out the 27, they're going to have to drag all 27 leaders and likely Boris Johnson over to Brussels for an emergency summit, which could be on Halloween, but most likely the 28th. Or <laughs> oh, there are so do many they do it in fancy dress? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure a few of them would really enjoy that. I want to see Merkel in a witch's hat. <laughs> That's so cool. Maybe we can dress yeah. up. Okay, we're, we're, so- we're not out of the molasses yet, are we, to be yeah, fair? Not at all, thank no. God. No, so, uh, look, we've never been so close to Brexit, but that could be delayed. We've also never been further, oh, in a way. And on that <laughs> bombshell. <laughs> and on that bombshell. It's got to be time to say goodbye. Joe, thank you so much for sort of squeezing us in in between, I don't know, an interview of Oprah and whatever yes, you were doing this morning. Absolutely. And Paul Baldwin, thank you as always for always that astounding prep always that you pleasure. did. Always. Ta-ra, no ta-ra, problem. ta-ra. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Brexit The Final Countdown. If you like what you heard, make sure you click subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, you could always leave us a review.